I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market, more than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein, here's your host, Jason Swigard. And a fine good morning uh, to you all. Hope the uh, rain won't deter you from uh, your your golf plans this weekend. It. Uh... It's a little different, though, from uh, last Sunday at Cheap Ranch, I will tell you. Oh. Were you jealous? Were you... You You know, I was thinking about it. You've you've played a lot of great golf courses in your lifetime. Yeah, uh, but I still want to play the Cheap Ranch. No, I was a little reluctant to go. I understand. And so uh, I will. As soon as things open up a little bit more, yes. I feel a little more comfortable. Well, I'm going to ride going. your coattails down there again at some point. So I got some coattails. Yes, you do. So anyway, and I have no shame in riding them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I can't carry you. So yeah, I that had to be a pretty exciting experience for you guys. It was. It was unbelievable. And I had uh, you. I rode those coattails down there. I'm trying to think. It must have been seven or eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went down. You had a. There was a PGA uh, instructor seminar with Fred Shoemaker. Correct. And you said it was right. I, I don't know if it was the first or second year we started this show, but you said, "Hey, come down. I'll get you in as media." I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't. My golf game was just. It was anemic if there was a golf game at that point. So I didn't fully have the chops to appreciate what we were doing out there at that time. Well, you've gone from ignorant to dangerous. So that's a step up. And, and I'm starting to make that next. Yeah. I'm actually, I actually discovered there's a huge the practice facility out there at Bandon. We're going to have uh, Ken Nice, who's the director of agronomy of Bandon Dunes, on. Uh, we'll get a little nerdy uh, about maintaining building putting together a golf course in that unique mm-hmm. uh geographical setting and all the things that they've got to do one to maintain a championship golf course and they are going to hold a championship the us Am- uh, usga amateur uh is going to be there in august they're really excited about that they wish they could you know have a few people out there to you know some galleries but they're going to host that tournament everything is still on for the middle of august for it yeah, it might be a little early for fans, but the, we'll see. Well, and it's it's usually not an event that draws, you know, giant crowds anyway. And I would go. Uh, but, it's going to be played at Old McDonald, is that correct? Uh, no, it's going to be played at Bandon Dunes, the original course. Okay. And uh, so they're, they're pretty excited about that. Um, and trust me, if we're able to, in some fashion, f- take this show down there in some way, I'm... I'm all for it. Oh, they'd be happy to have us, I'm sure. Well, it's more about uh, making sure we can go do a show somewhere. There's 
there's oh. more hurdles to jump with in the building than oh. I know Bannon would have a stand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but uh, Ken Nice, we met him uh, while we were there at Sheep Ranch in the opening. Uh, Travis Schoen, our good buddy from Northwest Golf Guys, is going to join us at 845 in the business at golf. We want to find out now that um, we're seeing counties uh, get into phase two of opening. Uh, find out, you know, if people signed up how those events are going, if people uh, maybe rediscovered or discovered their game uh, while things were uh, slowed down for the rest of, of life, taking advantage of the weather and, and all the golf courses that remained open. They want to start getting into some competition. Uh, is there still an opportunity to do that? And uh, Travis has always been good with us, so we'll find out uh, how they're looking at things now that we're into summer and uh, things are getting creeping ever so slowly a little bit back to normal. Yeah, not necessarily back to normal, but reopening in a sense. It's a new normal. I hate to be picky about uh, certain words, but that that's uh, we have to accept certain uh, mm-hmm. compliance issues yet, um, but it kind of feels better about being normal. Clark County, where I live, is now yeah, in phase two for phase two now which, phase two in washington different from phase two in oregon because there's four phases of reopening in washington and only three in oregon okay just to confuse you kind of like the modified stableford scoring system well in the thing about washington is we're able to count to 10 and evidently oregon can only count to three so yes <laughs> but can you count to 11 oh no 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 that's a stretch we're we're just getting to ten. I I was just comparing the two states. We don't want to get into what what's capable in New York. They can get to a hundred. See, it's that type of realization of a limit that's made you a pro. That man. <laughs> I understand my own own limitations, right? The uh, skill level. That's something we gonna. I want to talk about in the tip segment is understanding the your skill level. Well, we'll do that. We'll kind of do, Ken's going to join us at eight thirty when we normally do tips, but I think uh, eight fifteen we'll delve into that. Okay, um, a little bit. Also, um, you know, playing in the wind. We're going to talk to Ken about that because the wind definitely kicks up with nine of the eighteen holes at Sheep Ranch, right? Right on the bluff on the coastline that looks right down on the beach and the ocean. Uh, it's stunning visually, but then when you try to play it, and when we came on the back nine, we were right in the afternoon into the teeth of the wind. And club selection, uh, how you have to account for if you don't hit it dead on the screws, purely straight cutting through the wind, which maybe happens once around for me. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often for uh, for uh, tour players either. They Ben Hogan used yeah. to say he'd hit it solid uh, five or six times in an entire round. Uh, it's just managing those misses right. uh, when you have a wind issue. And so understanding then where to change, you know, when you know where the wind is coming from, you have an idea of how hard it's blowing, how that changes your target line, where you're aiming, what club you pick to give yourself the best opportunity to, and then what you have to accept too, because when you're hitting in the teeth of the wind, I mean, I took a driver out on 17 and went 140 yards and ended up, I aimed left of the fairway over the beach and ended up on the right edge of the fairway. Well, you you have a tendency to put a little bit of uh, that left to right spin on the ball, yeah. and the wind will pick up on that. I did keep it that. in the fairway, though. Well, that's fine. You just aim further left. I was the only left. one on the group that kept it in the fairway, by the way. <laughs> How many balls did you lose? Uh, I only lost three, and two of them were on the 10th hole, which is a par five up the hill. I got it going sideways right and hit it in the ball. That, that's good. Only, so, yeah, only, only lost one sleeve of balls. Okay, that's good. Two of them were on one ridiculously hard hole, a par five, 500-some-odd yards uphill, and I just did not make good swings. Yeah, don't, think of, don't think of it as, as uh, three golf balls. Think of it as $15. Does that make it easier more difficult? No, I'd rather think, think of it as three golf balls. <laughs> that's like when you're playing blackjack, I only lost three chips. Right. Well, no, they're five dollar chips. They're, yeah, yeah. You lost, lost fifteen bucks. Well, I think that's pretty darn good. I played Royal Oaks yesterday. I lost two balls on the same hole. So, and, and <laughs> pump two in the water. Uh, you know, a little bit of wind in my face. I thought, well, I'll hit this a little harder, and kind of came out of it, right in the water. Yeah. So I was uh, pretty happy with the ninety four, playing the course like that for the first time. 
Uh, and then found out I had uh, tendonitis in my left ankle, and so I booted up. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was the last golf I played. So I got another week, but it was worth it. Yeah, that's uh, Well, we hope uh, that you're healthy soon because I'll we got to get back out fine. and play. What do you, what, how long in the boot? Uh, another week. Okay. So it'll be, it'll all be fine. Yeah. He's just trying to, he, Doc said, okay, even though you're like not active, you're still moving around. I need to just keep the joint from flexing for a little bit and okay. try and get the inflammation and the tendons to subside and then we'll be okay. Yeah. You get older that all those tendons yeah. and things, they all hurt. So whatever you do now, this is to Will Darkens who thinks he's still thinks he's an athlete. If, uh, it, whatever you're doing now is going to come back and haunt you in another 20 years. No, I totally get it. Like working out six times a week and avoiding yeah. red meat and drinking only water and black coffee and doing <laughs> yoga three times a week. There you go. Yeah, lay off. Lie that, on the couch more come back and bite me, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Um, I wanted to get a little bit... Um, with uh, the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour getting ready to start back up, they both have events scheduled for uh, next weekend, so everybody's excited. Uh, there is anticipation that the viewership is going to be huge, at least for the PGA Tour. I don't see where the Corn Ferry Tour event's going to be televised. Uh, they're playing at TPC Sawgrass, so I don't know if there's going to be any sort of uh, internet feed on the website, but uh, it doesn't look like Golf Channel's picking that one up. Obviously, they will be at Colonial uh, the Charles Schwab Challenge, 17 of the top 20 ranked golfers in the world are in the field. The top five golfers ranked in the world are in the field. So other than Tiger, Adam Scott, and Tommy Fleetwood, uh, anybody and everybody you want to see will be there. I think it'll be a good course to bring everybody out. It's a par 70, only 7,000 yards. Colonial, notorious for being what they call a shot maker's uh, course. Yeah, uh, You can't just go out there and bomb it everywhere and... and you know, make up for a lack of accuracy with huge distance. And so it'll be fun to see. It'll keep uh, everybody in the field, uh, you know, kind of close together. And whoever, you know, executes and, and manages their way around the course there the best is going to be there on Sunday. But what are you most anticipating uh, you want to see out of this event? Well, I have been to Colonial, uh, and it's it's a great golf course, and it is tight. I uh, and like you say, it's a shot maker's course. You can't just stand up and blow it out there. Kevin Nall won last year, and he doesn't hit it out of his shadow. Uh, but he, he does make some really good shots. Um, what do we expect? I When we watched the first match with Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson. And, it was a little sloppy, quite yeah, frankly. It was. So there was quite a bit of rust. Uh, I'm wondering how how good a shape the players are in. So uh, not that they don't work out, but if you're not used to walking a lot uh, and getting some aerobics uh, in that respect, you're going to be tired by the time the round is over. Uh, there's nothing like playing to get yourself into yeah. playing shape. Uh, I mean, the NBA is a perfect example of if you're not in shape, you don't play well. So I would expect some rust I'm curious as to how this players do not forget how to swing a golf club. Okay. I can play for not, not play for three months and still step up and hit a golf ball. It's not like they're going to forget that their timing may be off. The short game may be a little rusty, certain things. They're not hitting the ball just as solidly as they can, but it's not as if they forgot how to hit it. It's how are they going to accept the, outside distractions. The issue is that there aren't any fans. They've got testing this and that. There's a lot of concerns in that direction which can distract them from actually playing the game. Uh, some players, it's, going, it's just going to be a pain in the rear. They're just going to hate it. And other players, like Brooks Kepka type, just going to say, you know, it is what it is. I'm just yeah. going to go out and play. And keeping the course short, you know, it being around 7,000 yards, you, you don't have to get a lot of adrenaline running. You can just kind of play it smooth. But I'm curious as to which players adjust to that uh, mentally yeah. to playing under these conditions and which players do not. Yeah, it'll be interesting, obviously. Um, you know, most of them, whatever they've been playing, they've been, you know, carrying their own bags, I'm guessing, unless there's... And we're riding carts. We're riding carts. Yeah. So um, I'm sure lately, once they knew things were 
working back up. I would imagine most of them have been walking over the last couple of weeks to be ready for it. I uh, doubt it. I, oh, I'll really? tell you, I think most of these guys are playing at their home courses and riding carts hmm. and just getting around. And, and uh, the problem with that is that you don't get any exercise. I, I was reading about how the caddies are concerned about that. <laughs> caddies are not known for working out a lot. These guys, no. are, yeah, they're more like laying back and having well, a brew. Think about fluff. I mean. Oh, man. That's going to be, yeah. So there's not that many. He's not running. There's not that many Stevie Williams out there that are just, you know, workout kind of and adventure nuts. But they're going to be exhausted. So, yeah. And Um, I think the players uh, riding carts, trying to get a lot of golf in, getting reps in, uh, and forgetting the fact that they, they didn't walk. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I know there's an expectation with that field, even though Tiger's not playing. They think the the numbers for this event, the TV numbers, could be out of the park uh, in terms of a non-major golf event, based on what we saw from the Tiger and uh, Phil uh, match there. Uh, the fact that very little else, sports-wise, at least in the United States, is going on yet, even though it's it's percolating, but it's still a month or so off. Uh, there's some European soccer leagues that'll get going. Uh, but other than that, it's NASCAR and golf. And so it'll be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see from those two made for TV events that we saw how much of those production elements, uh, golf channel. And I think NBC has this one. I'll have mm-hmm. to double check how much they can implement and how much the players are willing to cooperate to implement, uh, into, uh, those, uh, these broadcasts coming up. So that'll be next week. We'll be keeping an eye on it. Uh, we'll also, the Corn Ferry uh, Tour will be back and new event, the Corn Ferry Challenge at TPC Sawgrass. I think we're going to get Jeff Sanders next week and uh, talk about how, now that we know what all the protocols are going into all of these events, how it's shaping up, what it's looking like for the Winco Foods Portland Open. So I know he's been on a lot of calls and talking with other tournaments. Uh, we'll get a better idea of how these things are going to operate uh, we also saw the memorial yep. is going to be the first event to have fans allowed. The governor of Ohio, he said the marathon classic uh, for the LPGA tour, they're going to have some limited fans too. So that'll be in July. So it's, it's staging up all leading to the biggest question is, will they let fans into whistling Straits in Wisconsin for the Ryder cup? Yeah. And we can get into that. If you want to do that now, or you want to well, let's take a break. Yeah. I, I know I'm going 18 million miles an hour here with my head, but let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about that fans golf. Also a little bit on uh, playing in the wind mm-hmm. uh, from my round at sheep ranch and, and how to uh, uh, judge for that with your own game. The things that uh, you've got to take into consideration. Ken nice, the director of agronomy from band in dunes going to join us at eight 30 and then Travis showing of Northwest golf guys going to join us at eight 45 here. Just getting started. It's golf in the Northwest on 1080 the fan. Eight nineteen here this morning, Jason Swaggart along with Harold, the blue stock, Ken nice director of agronomy at band in dunes going to join us at uh, eight 30. And uh, as always, uh, the fan text line is open for you. New number to put into uh, your cell phone. Uh, it's the same number that uh, is the call-in number, 503-250-1080. We've got a question there for Harold at some point, if we can get to it. And he was listening, wanted the cliff notes on how you take your golf game from ignorant to dangerous. Uh, <laughs> Swag, you're the one that wrote the book on that. Actually, from <laughs> ignorant to dangerous, not knowing. There's not knowing. Well, and then and then you think you know. Yeah, now you you're think dangerous. you know, or you at least develop something you can do consistently out there or not you you know the assumption is that practice makes perfect practice makes permanent and so dangerous means you're practicing incorrectly see your pga professional to learn how to practice properly very much so hopefully hopefully that helps a little bit uh do recommend yes getting instruction making sure that uh, when you set things up whether it's just you know, getting into the game, developing a swing and a stance and a foundation that the fundamentals that you start with are are, are solid. correct, are yeah. solid, uh, and then developing practice habits or wanting to do, learn how to do this or that. Start with your professional, get some tips so that when you go to the practice range, you know what you're trying to accomplish and, and are doing things as correctly as possible. Yeah, exactly, because we want to 
We don't want to avoid any injury, and that's the biggest problem that I see in golf is that players are out there beating drivers one after another, and your body, you may not think golf is is a sport that uses every muscle, but it sure does. does. And when we're talking about injuries, we're talking about wrists, elbows, lower back, ankles, all sorts of things that you can get hurt on, and the golf swing can be more simple and more effective if you just know what you're doing. No question. No question. Uh, We finished uh, that last segment talking about fans possibly being allowed back at the Ryder Cup. They want to have an idea by the end of June. Um, Was it Stricker or Furick? I can't remember. Stricker Stricker came out and and said if they can't have fans, it would kind of be a dud uh, of a Ryder Cup. And while I think initially playing uh, regular tour events without fans, even playing majors, um, I think that. Oh, I don't think it'll affect. I don't think it'll affect the play, but the Ryder Cup, Sands fans would be odd and strange. There's two tournaments or two uh, events where fans are important. And that's the Masters Masters and, and the Ryder Cup. Now, I was in a meeting this last week, and the question was put to a very a person on the inside, is there going to be a Ryder Cup this year? And he said, we're in meetings now discussing it, and we just don't know. And the, the issue is, uh, first of all, uh, the, the uh, CDC guidelines in Wisconsin. That's number one. Although this is a ways off, so things could could change. Yeah, it's still holding its same spot in the calendar at the end of September. Right. There is a right now it's a 50-50 shot. Uh from and I'm surmising from what I was was hearing. Uh and it's not just because of fans. There's a lot of other things that they have to have done. So what's important to understand is if you're going to have a tournament with that much exposure, world exposure, and it's in September. You got to start setting up the golf course yep. in June, which is now. And so we are two weeks away from knowing, possibly three weeks away from knowing whether Whistling Straits is going to happen or whether they're going to push it back a year to 2021. There are quite a few players, and I'd said this is 50 50, that say, and there's nothing wrong with pushing it back. Uh, there's others just saying, you know, fans or no fans, dud or no dud. I think with the right, personally, I think with the right broadcast, uh, it could be as entertaining as the match was. Uh, although, and why not mic people up in this case? Why yep. not do something like that similar to the match? That would make it highly entertaining even without the crazy Europeans. Well, yeah, and you could certainly, the easy way to do it, I think the players would probably balk at being mic'd up, but the players that aren't playing in, in, in the team matches on Thursday and Friday, you could definitely mic those guys up out on the course because the captains and the vice captains are trying to help players right. out and coach them and whatever they're allowed to do under the rules. But the guys that don't get put into those uh, four ball and for some matches, Mike, one of those guys up from each side, whoever it might be and get them out there getting their thoughts on what's going on and how matches turn. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. I think it would be a no brainer to do that with the captains, uh, the vice captains. And like you say, the guys that aren't playing, uh, and then the singles matches you don't need to worry about because you got 12 singles matches out there on Sunday. If if it's close, right, you're fine. Yeah, that, yeah, the that'll, competition that'll take care of itself. Yeah. But there's some lulls sometimes with because there's only four matches on the course, right? And you need something in there to help uh, keep the broadcast together as as things are changing. And I think that would be perfect yeah i think it would be perfect one one thing that is imperfect right now is the pga schedule with the loss of the john deere so what are they going to do 
on that week in well, July. Jack Nicholas to the rescue. You, well, it sounds like they're going to play. Let's play Mirfield. Oh, yeah. You know what? Next week, let's play Mirfield again. So that would be an interesting issue uh, from a CDC issue and keep trying to keep the players in a bubble. That would work. But what's more boring than watching two boring broadcasts in a row? And I'm not saying that they're all boring, but they could be. And it, uh, watching the same golf course two weeks in a row could be could really be a problem for, for viewership. Well, we'll see. It depends. Well, one on, of them will have fans; the other one won't. Yeah. So, and that'll help too because they will have the golf course. And I don't know if there's things that they can do with the golf course to change it up. Maybe you flip the nines for the first one. The memorial they're going to keep set. Yeah. The memorial will be the memorial, and maybe I, I don't know what you can do for the first one. I don't know if you change. Uh, the format to do some sort of uh, Stableford scoring system. I don't know if you flip the nines and play them in a different order. Do do just do something. Well, you could drive up the highway and play Firestone the next week too. So that's a possibility. Yeah. But uh, they're trying to protect the players, make them feel comfortable, and that might do it to play Mirfield. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. So we'll obviously be keeping an eye on that. But I see our friend Ken Nice, Director of Agronomy at Bandon Dunes, is calling in. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to him about Sheep Ranch uh, that just opened for public play uh, this past week down at Bandon Dunes. And, and the difficulty in uh, building and maintaining courses right there on the Pacific Ocean. We're making the turn. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Bluestein. It's time to Ask the Pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. 829 here this morning. Golf in the Northwest Center in St. Will follow us at 9 and then at 11 o'clock. Uh, another uh, Ducks Classic, the 2013 Fiesta Bowl. And uh, then we've got some uh, NBA uh, Finals classics from ESPN radio at five o'clock. So uh, that is uh, what we are have on uh, for you today. But right now, uh, very pleased to have joining us uh, from band and dunes, director of agronomy, uh, Ken nice, who we were kind enough to meet uh, last weekend playing sheep ranch, which is now open to the public. And uh, he was kind enough to take a few minutes for us this morning. Good morning, Ken. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, it was, uh, it was, a, a stunning, stunning afternoon that we had uh, uh, playing Sheep Ranch, and I've heard everything uh, has gone exceedingly well in the public opening. From your standpoint of uh, trying to maintain these golf courses, how did the course stand up? How has the weather been? It was absolutely perfect and gorgeous when we played, but I know uh, we've had some uh, fronts and rain moving in. How has the course performed from your perspective uh, like you may have been hoping for? I think it, it's, it's performing great. Um, you know, coming off of a grow-in is, is always interesting because you're kind of pushing the fertility and kind of trying to grow as much grass as you can. Um, and then you make the shift to an actual functioning golf course. And what the Sheep Ranch is doing right now is it's really starting to get firm and fast uh, the way we want it. And the summer weather kind of brings in these big north winds and everything kind of dries down. And, and so now we're starting to see the ball react the way we want to on, on these courses. So it's, it, again, lake style golf, uh, except the Bandon Trails is a little bit uh, inland, so it doesn't quite uh, have the same contour. I've learned how to putt from 70 yards on all of the uh, Bandon courses. <laughs> But uh, you mentioned the wind. We've got salt in the air. Uh, you don't have sprinkler system. This is a very different way to manage a golf course, isn't it? Uh, it is, although I, I do want to add one thing. that There is a fully operating irrigation system there. Oh, okay. Um, so we do have control over moisture. Uh, the reality is with our summer conditions where, I mean, it's, it's breezy to windy almost every day, uh, perfect for that style of golf. But we, just like up in Portland, we don't get any rain. So without an irrigation system, really, we'd be down to 
down to dust at some point in the summer. And um, so it's, it's a kind of a necessity on these courses to have irrigation. So Ken, I've played all the golf courses except the new uh, sheep ranch. They're all a little different, or are, is the agronomy the same on, on each one, or is there little things you have to do differently on, on them? There, there's certainly differences. Um, it's interesting as there are microclimates to this property. Uh, you, you can noticeably tell that, like, for instance, Bannon Trails feels warmer, especially when you get on the east side of the ridge. So that there's those kinds of things. And then we have, you know, some different varieties of grasses. Uh, both Old Mac and the Sheep Ranch are primarily fescue golf courses, and they actually require a less fertility and certainly um, – less intensive maintenance, where Bannon Dunes, Pacific Dunes, and Bannon Trails are basically poa annua greens, and that requires a little bit more attention to certain things. There's more disease pressure. Um, you, things accumulate quicker. Organic matter accumulates quicker. So you really have to make sure that you keep up on that to make, make that firm, fast surface we want. Now, I do want to add, though, that the goal for all the courses is the same. We, we want to be able to bounce it into the approaches or putt from well off the green. Mm -hmm. Really want to have the ground game as an integral part on all of the golf courses at Bannon Dunes. So you mentioned trails earlier, even though it kind of has that um, parkland forest look on some sections, we still want the turf conditions to perform the same way as the Lynx golf course. Ken Nice is our guest, Director of Agronomy at uh, Bandon Dunes and the brand-new course, Sheep Ranch, uh, opening for public play. And uh, I, I'm curious, uh, because there's nine of the 18 greens that are essentially uh, overlooking the Pacific Ocean right there on the coastline uh, where the wind kicks in. How, uh, how do you maintain the greens to account for uh, 20 to 30 mile an hour winds, which I, I think we got as we were coming down, especially 16 and 17, which I think will quickly become the, the signature aspect of this course. Uh, yeah, I think first the variety of turf that you choose has a, a, a big impact and certainly our preference is fine fescue and that's the preferred grass in the UK and Scotland as well. Really, we're trying to do everything as authentically as possible to maintain true Lynx golf. So part of that comes wind, which is an essential part of Lynx golf. So it's, it's actually not as difficult as you would think because we've chosen varieties that can handle being dried down, have a deep root system, um, really are adapted to these kinds of conditions. And then... Uh, so how does that affect, uh, obviously, you know, if you're exposed to the wind, sometimes the, the greens won't run as fast uh, as maybe traditional parkland courses can that, that have protection from the wind. But what do players need to be aware of out there on the greens? Because they're big, big, huge greens. So you might have some 50, 60, 70 yard putts, uh, as you mentioned, in being able to putt while you're off the green. And then as it relates to the grain, too, uh, what do what do players need to be aware of in adjusting uh, based on the grain of that fescue? Maybe that's different from other grasses they've played on. Yeah, I you know really fescue has very little grain. Grain it's it's a, it's an upright grass. So I think what golfers have to pay closer attention to is whether you're putting downwind or upwind. Um, you know, a downwind putt downhill could act like it's 16 to 17 on the stint meter, where the opposite direction you you might have to really bang the putt because it's behaving like it's seven on the stint meter. So there's, there's a big, you have to take into effect what the wind conditions are, slope, all those things. I, 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 I would say don't factor grain into any of it on fescue golf and even poa golf. Um, I think Bermuda and bent grass, certainly grain can come into play a little bit more. But at Bannon Dunes, really, it's all about wind condition and slope. Ken, I don't know how long you've been at Bandon Dunes. How, what's been your uh, tenure? 21 years. Wow. So when new golf courses come on, and I, I remember 20 years ago playing the first uh, 
the first golf course open at, at Bandon Dunes. It was a fantastic experience, but it was so different than anything I had played in the Northwest. And now we've added four or five more golf courses. What has been your role in the development and the architecture of those golf courses? Uh, starting with the architecture, that credit certainly goes to all the architects, Tom Doak, David Kidd, uh, Bill Coor, Ben Crenshaw, and then Mike Kaiser's um, guidance, collaboration, um, you know, he, Mike Kaiser plays an essential role in, in how these courses have come to be and works hand-in-hand -hand with the architects, you know, and, and brings his input to the equation. Um, my role at Bandon Dunes is I've been fortunate in that my first superintendent's job was the construction growing of Pacific Dunes. Mm. And I've essentially done that at every course since. Um, I left Pacific to go to trails. Uh did trails, went to Old Mac. Then I became director of agronomy after Old Mac became um, uh, open for play. And then since we've developed the preserve, the punch bowl, and the sheep ranch now. Ken Nice is our guest, uh, director of agronomy at Abandoned Dunes. And, and I'm curious, so you've kind of been there from the start and seen these courses develop. Uh, you mentioned Abandoned Dunes now uh, 20, 20 some years old uh, since it first opened up. How will Sheep Ranch, especially early on, as you mentioned, uh, the root systems and the grasses start to uh, take hold, how much will it change in how it plays in its first first year, first couple of years from what we experienced there when it, when it first opened? I, I would expect it to get a little faster and firmer. The greens will speed up naturally. Uh, fine fescue, actually, it's... it's you're kind of limited by how low you can actually take your mowing heights. So to get speed on fine fescue, you need to have that, you know, be able to top dress, keep it firm, uh, manage your fertility is really key. You, you don't want to push too much growth on a green. Um, the more growth you push, the slower a green gets. And what fescue does is it kind of leans out and hardens off. It's really tough stuff. Um, and, and really it's the slow growth rate and the lack of friction from that, that turf grass because, it, as you know, it's kind of upright and kind of a thinner-looking canopy. So that lack of friction is what gives it speed. So as, as it matures more and more, it's, you're going to have a firmer, faster golf course where that play off the green, that 70-yard you know, putt you referred to, is, is going to be easier and easier to, to do. One of the most overlooked elements or aspects of golf courses is that the assumption is that they're not really aware of environmental issues. And can you speak to what Bandon Dunes and the entire resort uh, speak to their commitment to environmental issues? It's, it's been a commitment from day one here. And um, I think turf managers are fully versed in environmental issues far more than the general public, uh, just kind of a de defense of our industry and in that everything we apply on a golf course is thought out. Um, and one of the elements that we do, kind of a philosophy, is, is you apply only what you need and no more than that. Um, anything beyond that then becomes wasteful and also is not as environmentally sound. So really you want to keep it as simple as you can, give turf grass just what it needs and no more. The thing that I think is interesting is we're really not trying to optimize yield with turf. Like a farmer does with corn or something like that, you're trying to get as much growth as you can. In, in golf, we're trying to grow the turf the right amount for golf. And that also thereby kind of becomes more environmentally sound because we're being less wasteful. Ken Nice is the director of agronomy out at uh, Bandon Dunes. We're talking about the uh, opening of Sheep Ranch. Uh, do you have a favorite hole on Sheep Ranch yet? That's pretty tough. <laughs> I, yes, it is. That's pretty tough. I will. I will say that I, I really the, the opening hole might be one of the best opening holes in golf. Um, but then 
there's so many other cool holes there that it's it's just so hard to pick. I, even coming in 17 that look along the coastline and seeing, you know, Cape Arago in the distance. Uh, number six is another exciting tee shot. Number nine with the backdrop of the ocean and that infinity green. Um, I could, I could kind of go on and on, but I obviously have a huge passion for what we did there. And, you know, when you're part of the creative process or the creation of something like that, they kind of all start becoming like your, your kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it, it was stunning uh, for us to play, and uh, we encourage everybody to uh, save their nickels and uh, when you have the opportunity to head on down and, and take it all in. Ken Nice, director of agronomy, uh, outstanding job, and and again, uh, hopefully, Mr. Kaiser, uh, if there's more property up there, we'll get inspired again and uh, let you uh, go to work in the lab yeah. and, and come up with another one. We can't wait to see it. I, I hope so. There you go. Ken Nice, Director of Agronomy at Bandon Dunes. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. Uh, outstanding job, and uh, hopefully we can send some more people your way. And uh, we thank him. Uh, it was just a tremendous time uh, down there. Thanks to everybody. Uh, Don Crow, the general manager down there, and uh, everybody that uh, hosted us. But it, it it is, if you haven't played true link-style golf, it is a whole different experience and when you have the opportunity and rest assured, this is a internationally renowned facility that normally people fly in all over the world to, to come play these courses. Yeah, this is, it's pretty special. I have friends on the East coast to say, Oh, we're planning a trip for, to Bandon Dunes or they've been there with a group of people. Uh, it is really very special. We, I don't know if people, players in Oregon appreciate what we have here. It's a real jewel. It's a real jewel. And obviously in season, uh, it's, it's not cheap. I'm not going to lie to you there. It mm. is, it is right up there. But uh, in the off season, December, January, February, the rates come down to be very reasonable for in-state golfers. And that is the time to go take advantage of it because uh, as opposed to which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Right back here for you at 846. It is Golf in the Northwest. Thanks again to Ken Nice, Director of Agronomy uh, at Bandon Dunes. But now in the business of golf, our good buddy, Travis Schoen. How you doing, Travis? Thanks for uh, giving us a, a call here this morning. Hey, thanks for calling me, man. How you guys doing? We're doing well. We are doing well. And uh, everybody got that uh, first burst of summer here in the last couple of weeks. It'll uh, slow down with uh, off and on showers here this week. But uh, I know with the time off, uh, the one places that were uh, crowded were golf courses that were allowed to stay open. Obviously, Oregon stayed open throughout uh, Washington coming back in the last month. Uh, and a lot of people uh, discovering golf for the first time or rediscovered uh, golf and feel like they maybe want a little more out of things. And uh, your leagues and, and clubs have been going great guns for a number of years, but uh, maybe people are looking for now to add competition piece. And so we wanted to bring you back and, and see, one, how you guys survived uh, the, the quarantine for a while and how the Northwest Golf Guys leagues, whether it's Portland Bend or Seattle, are, are picking up and can people still get involved? Oh yeah, totally. So we've, believe it or not, we've actually been able to uh, go throughout most of this. Uh, we've had to make a lot of significant, significant changes to um, how we run a golf tournament. Uh, we're a lot closer to your typical Saturday round right now than we, than we generally are. Um, you know, we generally do shotgun events for tee times right now. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm sitting at Black Butte Ranch right now. We have players going off as we speak. Um, but, uh, we've been able to go through most of this again. We've just had to make changes. So, you know, uh, uh encouraging right, uh, walking instead of writing, uh, doing digital scoring instead of handing out paper scorecards and taking them back in, um, promoting social distancing, of course, and, and allowing riders to take cards, but they'd be single riders. So, uh, we've actually been able to, to play golf through most of this stuff in, in Portland, at least, 
uh, and Bend, uh, in Portland and Bend, we've been able to uh, run tournaments throughout most of the quarantine because golf has been considered a socially acceptable activity or a, or a safe activity through all the quarantine. Black Butte, one of our favorite places. Yes, we've they had, had a Mr. Fote for us. Yeah, we've... Uh, we'll, Will do. I'll I'll, I'll actually waving at him right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you've got quite a schedule here. I'm looking at a Portland schedule and a Bend schedule. Uh, How many events are you hosting throughout the season? Um, Well, that's a moving target right now because we have added certain events. We've added events through the year um, kind of coming into this because there has been an appetite to play golf. Uh, so we've been actually been able to add a couple events. Like we, we added Witch Hollow this year, which we played for the first time. We added Riverside, which we'll play on Monday. Uh, so we've added some, some events at uh, private facilities that play, don't always get to play. Um, but we have our kind of our set regular ski, uh, schedule. We'll play 11 events in Portland. Uh, we play 10 in Bend. Uh, we do some travel stuff. We go to Bend and Dunes. We, uh, we spent th- uh, three days here playing Pronghorn and Tethero a couple weeks ago. Um, we just added Seattle. We'll do nine events there. Um, and so we've, you know, over the course of the season, we'll, we'll have a host about 50 events this year. Wow. That's amazing. The, uh, and you're doing this all alone or you have a little bit of help? Um, I have some help. I mean, I have my, my wife is extremely supportive. So she helps quite <laughs> she a bit. She better be, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Especially I'm on a world tour right now, you know, between <laughs> Seattle, Bend, Portland, uh, we were in the Bay Area, so uh, we haven't been able to, to start back up there yet. But uh, I'm on a little bit of a tour, so she's been extremely supportive and helps out a lot. Uh, I have some guys like Zach, uh, Jordan, uh, Michael, Kai, uh, Dan, Odie. They help quite a bit. So we have some guys who help um, at the events. I do, I do a lot of the day-to-day, um, just kind of hanging out. Uh, usually it's myself in a home office, but with everybody home, I got, you know, a four-year-old and an 11-year-old to help as well. So um, I, I keep very, very busy, but I do get a lot of help. Oh, those four-year-olds can really handle a lot, can't they? The, <laughs> logistically, they're all over it. The, uh, you're still adding players. There's always room for, for more. How does someone get involved with uh, playing in one of your events? Who's, who qualifies to play in it? Everybody. So we are we have a membership, uh, so you can join directly through us at NorthwestGolfGuys.com. Uh, we partnered with the Oregon Golf Association a couple of years ago, and so uh, we run regional clubs with the Oregon Golf Association. Anybody who joins that is eligible to play. Um, guests are eligible to play. Um, to, honestly, we've had we had we've had a lot of guys who haven't necessarily played with us in the past who have jumped in. We, uh, you know, there's a uh, Oregon Am qualifier at Stone Creek on Tuesday. And last weekend, we had a pretty healthy contingency of those players who jumped in and played with us as a, essentially as a competitive round to warm up for that. So to answer your question, everybody's open and eligible to play. And then uh, for people that maybe are a little sheepish, don't, you know, their handicaps are in the 15 to 25 range, uh, they shouldn't you know, balk at going out there and worrying about it. Uh, there's opportunities in, in the scorings all, you know, building points uh, to accommodate for that, correct? 100%. So they're all flighted tournaments. We pay net and gross. Um, we're an amateur club, so we can't pay in cash, but we have a pretty good setup there. And we, uh, we like to say that we, we don't cost a lot to play, but we pay on a lot. Um, and so uh, we are, they are flighted, though, so you're playing against players of your own skill level. So we have plus threes that play with us, and we have 30s that play with us. Uh, and because of the fact that it's flighted, it's net and gross payouts, we try and fly, like last weekend we had six flights. And so you have some flights that, I mean, are literally a three handicap spread between them. Uh, and so the competition's really good. It's really strong, and it is built so that anybody can play um, any skill level. The 25 handicap that, that – used to play one round every three months, you know, we, we try to get them to, to, to turn them into, once you turn into a tournament player, you end up playing a little bit more and enjoying the game a little bit more. And, and we try and be something for everybody. So it's an interesting uh, situation you've set up with players. They can, they're kind of like touring pros. They can set their own schedule. There's a point system. Uh, there's an opportunity to compete where before they didn't have that opportunity. Explain, please, the point system and what they get out of that. 
Sure. So, yes, there's a points chase that runs throughout the entire season. We have majors that are worth double points. It takes both your net and your gross finish into consideration. Um, and players that, uh, you know, just to give you an example, the, the player who wins it um, gets basically the next year, they just, they just get to show up to whatever they want to. Um, we, and, uh, and so we do have that points chase that, that creates more of a FedEx Cup type of a feel because there's, there's a reason to come out to Tournament 2, mm-hmm. Tournament 3, Tournament 4. Uh, and then on top of that, um, you can also, you know, if you, if, you are, if you join in Portland, for example, we have quite a few guys that are down here playing in Bend today. Uh, you can play in Seattle. So by being a member at one, you're a member at all. Um, and we partnered with um, Washington Golf on that expansion to Seattle um, and so we've, I mean, the fields have actually been really, really good out of the gate in Seattle. And, and again, so you can, you can, you can play in any of the events. You can compete in any of the points chases by joining one of our clubs. And the other fun thing is you guys are playing on some private courses, uh, as well. Opportunities to maybe play some courses that you wouldn't normally, uh, get to play unless you knew somebody that uh, was a member at some of those uh, private clubs. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, just to give, I mean, this month we're playing. We're playing uh, Riverside on Monday. We're playing the Oregon Golf Club uh, three weeks later. Uh, we've done the Fazio Course at Pronghorn this year. We've done Witch Hollow. Uh, so yeah, we we uh, we do get we do play some pretty special venues. It is. It's uh, we've uh, loved seeing this grow and grow from when you guys started at Travis Show in there with Northwest Golf Guys. It's nwgolfguys.com. The schedule's up. All the uh, all the information on joining, and uh, now that uh, we're into the true summer, hopefully uh, we can see those fields grow a little bit more for you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. You bet. Travis Shoa, Northwest Golf Guys. Uh, thanks to him. Thanks again to Ken Nice, Director of Agronomy out at Bandon Dunes with the uh, public opening of Sheep Ranch. Uh, a busy, busy week. I got one more week in the boot, and then I can get back out there and uh, start trying to dial things in. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, figuring things out on the practice range. Yeah, that, and we didn't we didn't get into the wind issue yeah, here. We'll talk so about let's that save that too. for next we'll week. We'll do some of that uh, in the tips. I'm hoping our buddy Jeff uh, Sanders can join us as the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour start back up next week. We'll have all of that for you as well. Thanks to uh, Will Darkins. As always, Center Insane is next. For Harold, I'm Jason. Hit him straight. You have an idea of how hard it's blowing. Fiji's uh, in Europe. Uh, T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.